Hi friends, welcome to The Faithful Podcast. Stories of people who walk by faith and gained a fuller understanding of the faithfulness of God. I'm your host, Stephanie Baker. I'm so glad that you decided to join us today. My guests, yes, you heard that right, there's two of them, are Ryan and Ashley Ayers. This was my first interview with a couple and I loved the perspective that that allowed. Also at the time of the interview, Ashley was extremely pregnant with their first child, which is so exciting. This amazing young couple has been through a lot in their first two years of marriage and I know their story will encourage you. So here is part one of my interview with Ryan and Ashley Ayers. So I'm talking today with Ryan and Ashley Ayers, and I'm so excited that they're able to join me. This is the first time I've ever had more than one person, let alone a married couple. So I'm really excited for you guys to hear about um, God's faithfulness in their relationship and growing together. So thanks so much for coming, Ryan and Ashley. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So um, you guys been doing okay. We are still, as we're recording this, very much in the midst of the figuring stuff out, quarantine, corona stuff. And um, Ashley is very pregnant. And how has all that been working out for you guys? Well, it's been, um, you know, as it has been for everybody, it's been an adjustment. Uh, I... I'm in transportation, so um, I've been in the office. You know, there hasn't been any work from home or any any break or any yeah. of that. Um, so we like to joke that we got our extrovert, and uh, Ash is stuck <laughs> at home all day, and then our introvert is uh, away from the house all day. So yeah. um, well. we are we're learning how to better support each other through that. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, we, we could, I mean, it's possible that <laughs> this podcast may have a rude interruption of a, <laughs> a, baby. <laughs> a baby coming. Well, <laughs> uh, you guys just say the word. I mean, I did spend like 10 years in labor and delivery, so I'll be there. I mean, I'm not a midwife, but I'm a labor and delivery nurse. <laughs> they usually come out on their own pretty well. So, <laughs> so um, I want, if you guys could just tell me, or tell, I know a little bit about you guys, but um, for those that are listening that don't know you, um, tell us a little bit about yourself and maybe what you've been up to these days. Yeah, so um, again, my name's Ryan, and uh, for those that, that may not know me. Uh, currently, I'm 27. Um, my wife Ashley. We've been married about well over two years now. Wow. Uh, crazy. Our first baby on the way, um, and that's me. <laughs> yeah, like Ryan said, I'm Ashley, and I'm 26, and um, very pregnant. <laughs> and we're excited <laughs> to welcome our baby girl and. Um, Something about us, we love sports. We're both extremely competitive, so there's always um, competitions in our house. <laughs> Even with me being huge, we still have competitions. Yeah. And um, yeah. we both love music and love playing music and just being surrounded by friends and getting together with people. Which, which means <laughs> that right now, this is pretty tough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I would love to see some video footage of the sports that are taking place with Ashley being full <laughs> full term practically. <laughs> well, it's funny. We do. We actually have, um, it's not a bet because there's no money involved, but we both have our guesses for, for uh, when the baby's going to come and we'll probably brag about whoever's closer. So. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, well, so tell me a little bit about how you, about how you guys came to know Jesus. Yeah, so I grew up in church, and um, I remember when I was four, we were driving in this blue, this ugly blue Chevy car we had grown up, and uh, my brother was asking my mom about what it means to um, follow the Lord, and I thought it was cool that he was 
asking and wanted to be saved. And so when I was four, I was like, oh, I'll do that because I want to be cool with my brother. And um, But obviously, I didn't really understand what I was doing until I was eight years old. And my family always had um, like family prayer time at night and just like a debrief of our day and um so I was in my brother's bedroom and we we're having our little prayer time and at that time is when I asked the Lord to come into my heart and so since eight years old I've been following the Lord. Wow that's incredible and I love their your your family prayer time. I think that's really that's awesome. That's um that's something that can be so impactful for kids just to have that time where they can share about their day and know that they're loved and that they're prayed over. It's really awesome. Um, yeah, it definitely helped impact my my walk and then just like my future family. So that's cool. Mm. Ryan? Yeah. Um, so for me, it's kind of a weirdly similar story. So um, also when I was four, I remember being in the park and our church had uh, this little time for the kids ministry where uh, we were we were able to like write a prayer to Jesus to ask him to be the Lord of our lives. Uh, and so I did that because, again, like, you know, the cool older kids were doing it. Um, <laughs> but I, I didn't really uh, same thing. I didn't really grasp it until um, around eight years old. I got baptized when I was eight. And that's when I kind of made that full commitment. That's crazy. Four, four was your intro, and eight was when it became official for both of you. Yeah. That's <laughs> that's pretty wild, and still yet that's still so young, um, yes. and you know, in the eyes of most people. Um, but I think that's a testimony to um, growing up, um, you know, in a family that that loves the Lord, and mm-hmm. um, and that's a that's a priority. Talking to your kids about it, and not you know thinking it's over their head. So that's awesome. Yeah. So tell me about how you guys met and what your relationship was like uh, leading up to getting married. Yeah, so I had moved to Houston from Canyon, small town, Canyon, Texas. Mm-hmm. And um, I moved here for sports ministry. And I didn't know a soul. <laughs> so <laughs> um, I was living with a family and they... Um, were involved in the sports ministry that I was a part of and they had uh, D now they were a host for it. And so actually Ryan's brother and his best friend were the host for the seventh grade boys. I think it was. Mm-hmm. And so I was just getting to know them and um, Travis, his good friend asked me if I had any friends and I <laughs> laughed and said, no, I don't know anyone here. Um, so he invited me to a Bible study. And so I briefly met Ryan through that and through church, just like in passing, I knew who he was. Um, and a lot of people kept like talking to me about this Ryan guy. I was kind of thinking hearing about him. <laughs> but, um, I was like, okay, whatever with this Ryan kid, but I was in the middle of starting a sports ministry in an apartment complex and um, I couldn't do it by myself. So I needed some guys to help me out. And I had talked to Travis and he had mentioned that him and his best friend, Ryan were interested in sports ministry and all that fun stuff. So actually (laughs) the lady I was living with, um, she hunted down Ryan and was like, Hey, you need to go to this Bible study because Ashley wants to talk to you about something. Yeah, she, she literally has a very clear image in my mind. She chased me down in her minivan um, <laughs> in the parking lot and said, you need to go to Travis's Bible study. Ashley's going to needs to talk to you about something. And then I showed up and um, apparently she had nothing to talk to me about because <laughs> she ignored to me that night, uh, up until much later. <laughs> um, make him work for it, Ashley. Come on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> eventually we, uh, we figured out what the meeting was about and, um, 
we were, you know, excited to, to start this thing and start working on it together. Um, so that just progressed. And then a couple weeks later, I, um, just things were feeling good. And so I, I asked her out, um, something about parking lots, I asked her out in a Starbucks parking lot. So, um, that worked out. And, uh, pretty early on, uh, we were, you know, just really confident, like, yes, this is, you know, this is the the girl I'm going to marry. Yeah. Rest is history. (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome. That's, I mean, I didn't realize how much other people played a role in like matchmaking you guys. (laughs) Plenty of people that claim that they yeah, put us together. Like just name your first kid after me. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Oh, that's awesome though. That, I mean, that's, that's so cool. Like you guys were both just, you know, involved in, you know, serving and, um, you know, Bible study and seeking the Lord in different ways. And, you know, God brought you together in a pretty unlikely way. And I think that's, you know, that's really cool. It's how God works a lot of times. It's not when we're trying to pressure things into happening or feeling a lot of, you know, um, this is the right time. This is the time in my life I said I was going to be married. And yeah. so, um, yeah, that's, <laughs> I think a lot of people feel that pressure. And I think that that's really cool that you guys um, kind of let things sort of progress naturally and um, let God take take the lead on that. Yeah. So, um, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, my bad. Um, <laughs> I was going to throw out there that, you know, we have a lot of people ask us questions about that and like, you know, how did you make this relationship work? How did you like get to marriage? And it's, I don't, we just always try to say like, it's, it's, um, it's hard, but it's not complicated. You know, you just, if you're following the Lord, it's, it's pretty simple. The things that he's asking you to do and there'll be hard things, but it doesn't mean it's complicated. You just, you just do it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that, that's, that's awesome. That's, um, I think that's really good. A lot of things that Jesus asks of us are not, um, complicated, but that does not make them not challenging. (laughs) You you have to, I remember when, when, um, when Phil and I got married, we, use this example. And I've heard, I mean, he was a youth pastor at the time. So I, I got to hear him preach a lot of times about what he was going through, which is an interesting perspective. <laughs> but uh, he talked about how marriage was like a big mirror. A lot of times, like the things that you don't want to see in yourself and you can kind of squash down a lot of times when you're single um, and you sort of, you don't have to deal with all those areas. Maybe um, I'm not saying that's always the case, but if you want that to be the case, it can be. Um, in marriage, that is not really going to work out. You you have to confront these areas. And so that is not, cha- I mean, that's not difficult to understand, but it is very challenging to see the areas where maybe you are not as perfect as you thought you were. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was hard for me to deal with. I can, I can, I can testify to that. So um, you guys both grew up um, very much involved in the church, um, you know, uh, whether that was through different ministries or maybe being, you know, a, a preacher's kid. How do you think this affected your approach toward marriage? Well, my parents were involved in marriage ministry um, growing up. And so I would always babysit the kids that um, the couples that they were ministering to. And um, just through watching them work on their own marriage first and then also um, just supporting other marriages, I got to really see what I wanted and what I didn't want. And Mm. uh, it's not very hard to look at a marriage and know whether they're on the same team or whether they're living two different lifestyles, but trying to like act like they're together and love one another. Um, And so just through mostly observing, um, I was just able to see how I wanted to pursue marriage and see what I would want in my 
spouse through that. So that's how um, that shaped my view on marriage, I guess. Yeah. Right. And, and being a, you know, being a pastor's kid uh, growing up in that family, um, very similar. You just are always around, um, always around all sorts of marriages, uh, just different mm-hmm. people that, you know, your parents will come in contact with. Um, and through observation, it's just like I said, it's, it's very, um, very simple to tell, um, who, who you should admire and who you should take things from. Um, so that's, I guess that's kind of my perspective on that. Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, both of you probably heard um, stuff said by pa- your parents that um, maybe in regard to marriage, too, that makes a big difference. And, um, you know, especially, Ashley, with your parents, that being their, like, main focus, marriage ministry, like, I feel like that would be something where um, the enemy would really try and attack your marriage. And mm-hmm. that's that's got to be hard to, you know, you feel like you're on display, like you're this perfect couple. <laughs> but I mean, I, I know your parents would absolutely 100% say not perfect, not, <laughs> not claiming to be, but um, yeah, that's, that's gotta be, that's gotta be a challenging position to be in. And, but I think that's cool that you were able to watch them through that and see how they handled people scrutinizing their marriage almost. Um, but also, you know, like we don't have it perfect, but we're going to help you along the way as well. So I think yeah. that, yeah, I think that's really, um, that's a lot of what ministry is like, right? We don't, we don't have it all together and we're, we're maybe a few steps ahead or maybe we've already journeyed down a road that somebody else is starting to head down. And so mm-hmm. I think that's, um, we don't have to have it perfect, but we can still encourage people and still speak truth into them. Um, I think that's that's got to have a very positive impact on y'all's marriage. Mm-hmm. So, yes. yeah. And not long after you guys did get married, you felt God calling you to move to Lubbock. Can you, <laughs> can you tell us about that? Yes. Yeah, so we actually wanted to stay in Houston for about a year after getting married. Um, that was our plan, and that was delayed by nine months due to our first home we were in having toxic mold and so get go our our plans were um definitely changing yeah Mm -hmm. we moved in we had to in a transition between that mold house and our (laughs) the mold house (laughs) (laughs) Um, that's what it is we we actually i think four months into marriage yes um I had to briefly move into my parents house for a month, um, just was. for the transition yeah which is exactly what you want earlier in marriage <laughs> <laughs> yes. picture perfect uh, right yeah exactly so from that we from the mold house and his parents we moved into an apartment um which we were in for nine months and while we were there we were trying to um look downtown because that's where we had wanted to move and uh, we were trying to find a job down there and just transition our lives down there as well um and it was seemingly impossible <laughs> yeah um yeah we, we came to the point where I think we had maybe three weeks or two weeks left before our lease was up uh, we've exhausted all of our options. Um, and so we're like, okay, back to the drawing board. What are the places that we've, you know, just felt any sort of tug to in the past? Mm-hmm. Uh, and we had three, <laughs> we had three. So it was central Houston, um, which a lot of that was out of, um, we had found a church there that we really felt like could be a great church home for us. Yeah. Um, secondly was Lubbock, um, which is a lot closer to Ashley's family. 
Uh, and then third was, was actually Japan. Um, <laughs> Those are I, so <laughs> different. Like could yeah, not be more had, different. Um, yeah. I spent five weeks there for a study abroad and uh, just kind of have a passion for, uh, for the people and for the culture and just, it's probably a topic for another day, but uh, hopefully then coming to know, uh, coming to know the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, but we did not decide to go there. We, um, like I said, our personal deci- decision was downtown Houston. Um, clearly it was not God's decision. So we're praying. We're, uh, what, what the heck do we do? We're out of time. Uh, we don't want to move back in with family again, necessarily. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just one day, the Lord kind of gave me this picture. And it's a really kind of hard to describe thing. But um, he, he he asked me to get pieces of paper. And we wrote down some things that we were, uh, that were like important for the future. Like things we wanted in a city we were living in, like friends, family, um, freedom, uh, (laughs) career options, um, sense of self-worth, just all sorts of things. Yeah. And we put them all down on the ground in our one bedroom apartment and, um, you go three, two, one, go. And then you go to the one that you feel is the most important. And then we just stood on those pieces of paper, talked about the subjects, um, and then kind of categorized them where we felt we it better fit. And yeah. at the end, uh, we looked down at the the list, and Lubbock was uh, was longer. So yeah, but, like, far. <laughs> yeah, I added like weather and food, like ramen. We love ramen. To Houston, <laughs> that I could give Houston more points because I wanted to stay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But which uh, uh, of the things you put on the ground, just out of curiosity, which ones did y'all step on as your number one? Oh gosh, um, do you remember? I think number one was actually friends. So we were at the time we were co-leading a young adults group, and uh, we're building, developing really good relationships in that. Um, and I really did not want to leave that behind. Mm. So I think that was my, that was my number one. Yeah. Yeah. And I can, I do not remember mine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember yours either. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that's really awesome. I mean, I think that it, it sounds kind of, you know, maybe strange to some people to, to write up, write up these things and like stand mm-hmm. on them and, you know, but it, it, when it comes down to it, all it is, is like really communicating and like expressing your deepest, you know, yeah. desires or what's in your heart and um, maybe what God has spoken to you. And I don't think it's as, um, you know, strange sounding as it seemed on the surface. I think that's, I think that's really, that's really awesome. And it got you to be direct and to share what was most important because obviously there's easy ro- easier roads. And then there's ones that, you know, are we going to journey this together? Are we going to ask the Lord what he has for us? And you know, trust that no matter where he says go, that we're going to go and that he's going to provide. So I think that's really awesome. So when you you were living in Lubbock, you had a pretty traumatic experience. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, so um, we have, I just want to make it clear, we have nothing like personal against Lubbock. <laughs> this is not um, an anti-Lubbock interview. There's people that live there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think you could categorize our entire six months as traumatic. Yeah. Um, so things looked really good at first. And um, I had a second interview and they at a, at a particular job and they were really, really seemed like I got the office tour and everything. It really seemed like it was going to work out. Um, and we're just having fun exploring the city. I love going new places. Can I stop you for yeah. just one second? I for, you forgot to mention this part that you, I mean, you didn't forget to mention it to me in the past, but you guys moved there without jobs. Like that's, that's a pretty crazy level of trust that God's yeah. going to provide. 
We, yeah, we actually moved without ever seeing our house as well. <laughs> <laughs> I love so, you guys. You're just like, bring it on. That part. <laughs> this uh, is... But it turns out there are people that will rent you a house without you having a job. So <laughs> all right so yeah that's also that adds another layer to all of this but continue on so you had your interview your second interview yeah and then we were just exploring the city and um fun stuff like that and so like ryan said we had never been to our home yeah and um, we arrived and there's these things called haboobs in lubbock which weird name. What? (laughs) Yeah, it's a super weird name. It's called a haboob. And it's like a sandstorm where you have to like turn off your AC and um, like block up the little creases in your doors and all sorts of crazy stuff because sand just comes and blows through the whole city. Oh, gosh. if you're not careful, it'll it's, blow it's dirt, right? Correct. Yeah, dirt. <laughs> and it'll blow through your vents and stuff and fill up your house. Oh my gosh. So we arrived to our home after the <laughs> boob had blown in. So there was like a film of dirt everywhere, like mm. in the entire house. It was just crazy. And we had moved into the ghetto, which totally fine. We're like, hey, this is cool. And we had a little cute community garden down the road. Um, And so we were exploring the city. And like we said, we didn't have um, secure jobs, but we had some like positive opportunity. And so one night we were going and we're praying around um, the campus of tech because I had applied for a coaching position there and we were just um prayer walking and praying for athletes and students and um just our life there and what that would look like and then we came home briefly and then we had heard about a homeless ministry in the area um called it's like a tent city so it's a city a small area where they um house a bunch of homeless in these little they kind of look like sheds but they're all personalized homes for them And so we went to go look at that uh, ministry and it was about 1030, I think, when we had come home from that. And this is like a month, a month into us living there. And um, as we came into the into our house, I noticed there's like a truck full of some random college age high school. I think they're more college age kids. And. I told Ryan, I was like, hurry up. There's some sketchy people. <laughs> I don't know what they're doing, but they're all jumping in their trucks. So just like, hurry, get in fast. And so he did. He's trying to get in fast. So we shut our door and lock it. And um, we go to our kitchen, which is like, I don't know, 20 steps from the front door. And we're getting some water. And all of a sudden somebody starts banging on our front door and the first knock was like a little aggressive and we obviously don't know anyone in the city so there shouldn't be anyone at our front door mm-hmm. for us um but by the second knock it was very aggressive and by the third knock second knock I told Ryan I was like you need to call the police and by the third knock they were like beating down our door And so our front bedroom um, looked out at the patio. And so I went into the bedroom to see, like, who in the world is banging down our front door. Mm -hmm. And I see six um, silhouettes of, like, huge dudes. And, And I'm standing in there, and one of them reaches towards the window. I had some little cute lights that they broke which was rude of them but (laughs) (laughs) one of them just reached up and smashed one of my lights and right then a truck pulled into our driveway and so I froze because I just was like this truck is about to run me over but I couldn't move (laughs) so at that point um Ryan was very adamant and went into like go mode and he's like on the phone with the police, but then 
he's also saying, like, let's go to the back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I we I'm talking to the police and um you know they're they're doing their thing where they stay really calm, but it's like slightly frustrating because you're like, okay, no, I need you to have some urgency in your voice a little bit. Right. Um but they're very calm and that's a good thing. That's uh, so what they're trying <laughs> to do. And um at the same time we're moving towards uh, the very back of our house where there's a separate bathroom that has a closet. So it's like the furthest removed we could get from our front door. Mm-hmm. And there's also like three doors, I think that can be locked from the front door to that closet. Okay. Yeah. Um, and just, just hoping that, I mean, in my mind, I'm, I'm kind of going through scenarios of, you know, if they get inside, what, you know, what is my reaction going to be? How am I going to, you know, preserve Ashley's life until the police gets here? Mm-hmm. Um, because we don't, you know, we don't know how long it's going to take them to get inside. Um, and as we finally reach the, that back closet, uh, there's a, a breaking window, um, our front window. Oh my gosh. Uh, I guess we come to find out they threw a brick through it. Um, Which we had thought they had entered the home because right. of how the brick bounced. It sounded like footsteps. Right. Oh, the immediate thought was like this fear of like, okay, there's somebody, they're in our house now. Mm. Um, and so just we are on the phone with the police still. You know, they're slowly getting there and surrounding the premises. Um, none of the, none of the guys have said a single word the entire time. Um, not like let us in, not give us your money, not, you know, (laughs) which we didn't have (laughs) anything. Um, just total silence. And, um, they surround our house they actually kicked a dent into my car. They busted our uh, chain link fence. And there's about five dents in the front door of where they had kicked the door. Right. And it was an older home. And so it had the door frame was very strong and it had the old um, style of trim where it's like thicker and it's all one piece. I don't know what it's called. But they had kicked so hard that it had cracked the door frame. But by the grace of God, they didn't ever, they weren't able to kick down the door. And the only reason they did it is because God stopped them. Like, there's no reason at all that they shouldn't have gotten into our house. Right. And speaking with, um, like, police officers and things like that after... Um, they let us know, you know, just some statistics and stuff. It, it takes one to two kicks to break a door down and they must have done at least like 15 kicks on our door. Oh my um, gosh. And it, yeah. it held somehow. Uh, and He's gone. another weird thing is by the time the police got there, there was no signs of, of anybody. They just, it kind of like upset me a little bit because they, they came to the door and I opened the door and they were like, so what's going on here? And I was like, <laughs> what do you mean? Oh my like, gosh. You tell me what's going on here. Yes, you tell us. <laughs> oh gosh. Um, but they were just confused because they didn't see a, a single person. Yeah. So. And they were asking us like, well, they asked me first if I had like an ex-boyfriend who would, who would be trying to get into the house. <laughs> And I was like, well, no, like we just moved here from Houston. We don't know a soul. So definitely not. Um, (laughs) But it was just kind of like shocking how they were asking us. Yeah. We're like, I don't know. You're the professional. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That is insane. Um, How I'm trying to get like a timeline on this because I mean, how many months ago was this? Oh gosh, that must have been in July, right? 
of yeah, it was the seventeenth of July. July seventeenth, twenty nineteen. Okay. okay. Um, yeah, I was just trying to to think about you know, I was just imagining if Ashley was pregnant on top of that, like the, I guess the, you know, you have to protect your wife, but you know, there's that extra um, scariness of it, but. How incredible. God just um, intervened in such a way that is so tangible. I mean, like that, looking mm-hmm. at that door frame was like your, your Ebenezer. Like that's, this is, this is my memorial to, to what God has, has spared me. Um, is it, did you get any, any information about uh, the people that were doing that? No, we, we never found any information but about, was it like three months later or something? Shortly after, I saw the guy in the truck. Oh, wow. We were driving. And I think Ryan was like, let's follow up. I was like, heck no. Like, we're not. <laughs> Probably smart. We skipped him once. We're not going to try to chase him down. But, um, we did save the brick they threw through our yeah. window. So we have it in our house right now, just as a reminder of God's protection, which is cool to remember his protection, not this instance, but. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's, you wouldn't know his tangible goodness in this way if you had not gone through this, but man, right. ah, golly, I can't even imagine like, I I like to think I'm generally pretty calm, but I know I would have lost my mind and I would have been angry with the police too. For, yes. <laughs> how dare you be calm? Do you know what I've been through? <laughs> <laughs> and Ryan is so calm. Like I never see him yeah. get worked up, but he started shaking at one point and I was like, oh gosh, we're going to die. <laughs> if Ryan's shaking, we're dead. Yeah. <laughs> So it was pretty crazy. <laughs> um, so what happened after that? Like as, uh, as well, far as your time there, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Um, man, so that was kind of the beginning of it. I don't want to say like a downward spiral, but it was, it was some sort of spiral um, of just weird my father-in-law Ashley's dad always he's still telling us we need to write a book about all the things we experienced um and we could spend the entire rest of our time talking about them but we're going to briefly run through it um so we had I mean I guess we discovered or came to realize that there was a um we had a drug dealer living directly across the street from us. Um, not sure what kind of drugs, but he, he would have people enter his house for about a minute to two minutes and then leave yeah. like once every other week. We're like, okay, we know what's going on there. Uh, and then we actually found out that on our property, because there's a little back house um, that split like the backyard in half kind of Uh apartment. Right. Um, We discovered that this guy who had been in our house and been in our car and everything. He like loved Ryan. We just ring our doorbell to talk to Ryan for like hours. (laughs) Yeah. So he was a, like a, I guess we found his mugshot basically on Google. Uh, (laughs) Oh, wow. Oh my goodness. Um, some pretty bad stuff. And what else? So I had how many, how many would you say? I think we've counted eight. Eight. This is not a made up number. Eight jobs that were like offered or implied or um, they were like, here's my number. Give me a call. And they vanished into thin air. Um, oh my goodness. Yeah, like solid job offers. Mm-hmm. That's fine. <laughs> yes. So we're surviving on Mary Kay and Postmates deliveries and really just 
provision, daily provision of the Lord and using people around us to, um, to bless us, allowed us to eat every day. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I had, um, like Ryan was saying, I was doing Mary Kay and that was actually a time where my business was really flourishing, which was really cool um, to see that in that season. And um, like Ryan was saying, it was a daily, like, how are we going to eat today? I don't know, but God will provide. <laughs> and um, it was cool to see his, the Lord's provision through that. And as I think it must have been in October, September, October. Um, I had actually gone to get a retail position and I was hired as a manager at Loft in Lubbock. Mm-hmm. And I had gone through everything and I didn't know I was pregnant right then, but I was pregnant. And so by the time the job started, I was far enough along I uh, started getting sick. And so I was very, very, very sick the first, gosh, I don't even know, 25 weeks of my pregnancy. Oh, gosh. Um, Mm -hmm. And in Lubbock, it was so much so that I had lost 20 pounds. And I was like skin and bone, which I looked horrible. Um, And I couldn't, like just to get out of bed was a good day because I couldn't move or I would get nauseous and throw up um and like to take a shower it's kind of gross but to take a shower was like a really good day if I could if I could Mm -hmm. get that um and so I actually couldn't accept that position because I couldn't function and uh, Ryan had to like try to get me to eat just anything um and I had become so sick that I we had to go to the ER so I could get um, an IV and get some fluid in me. Mm-hmm. And so that was really hard. And at that time, um, Ryan did get, <laughs> I kind of conned my way into a job a little bit. Um, <laughs> I, so I began working at Sam's club. Um, they were, they had been taking quite a while to kind of get back to me on things. And, um, at a time where we had zero disposable income and we're really negative on our disposable income. Um, Mm -hmm. I didn't really have the time to wait. So one day I, uh, went in and I told them my orientation was today. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) He told me he was going to go. (laughs) <laughs> tell him it was his orientation and I was like what you're gonna what and he's like yeah I'm gonna go tell him that today's my orientation <laughs> so yeah. nine hours later he comes home because he had his eight hour orientation so it wasn't it was the truth because I did have my orientation yeah <laughs> you you willed it to happen I willed it to happen and for, I mean for people that don't know me they're probably getting a, like a skewed perception of my personality because I'm I am very relaxed and very chill about most things I just we were we were incredibly stressed at the time and I just was gonna make something happen so yeah. I mean what's the worst that could happen right yeah <laughs> Uh, um, man, that's crazy. Ryan, yeah. that is, I mean, I, I obviously <laughs> I've known you for a few years and I yeah. know how crazy that is. Like that's, <laughs> that's just nuts. That's it kind of, I mean, I'm, I'm a huge office fan, but it kind of reminds me of yeah. when Nellie is like the seats open. So I take the position like <laughs> she yeah. just makes yeah. herself manager. I'm just going to do it. And then not, and then refuse to leave. And that, that worked. I mean, obviously you, it it worked. I got hired as the, uh, morning stock. So 4am every day, well, five days a week, I was, um, I was stalking at, at Sam's club and 
you know, it was definitely a positive to get that cash flow going. Um, the negative was that it was at 4 a.m. And yeah. my poor pregnant sick wife is terrified of being at home alone in a, the house that was broken into. Mm-hmm. Um, and she can't sleep and she's sick. And that was probably, she did a great job of supporting me through it all. Um, but I know that that was a huge challenge. Yeah. Uh, then after that, we kind of had a random opportunity to move back. And so we took it and, um, you know, things are going well. Yeah. You didn't just like create a position for yourself. Yeah, no. <laughs> it, it is a really abrupt end, but, um, we just were able to move. So we said, okay, bye. Yeah, yeah. It was just crazy how Ryan was actually trying to start up his, um, basketball academy that he's been wanting to start up for a while mm-hmm. and he had met with a pastor and then this guy like knows other people and so that was something that was in the works and something that also failed to come <laughs> to fruition which was like what in the world um but he was in the middle of that and then working at Sam's and just on a random Wednesday his previous boss had texted him and was like, hey, yeah, uh, thinking about coming back to Houston? <laughs> we were like, um, <laughs> be there tomorrow. And then that at the end of that week, so I guess on Friday, um, our friends were coming in town from Houston and we were talking with them and they happened to have a home that we could temporarily stay in. Um, on our move back and so just all these things fell into place that were like we are out of here yeah Mm. I feel like is that timeline like is that does it make sense what we're no it it does it does um and I I think that I mean I know you guys are both people who who seek the Lord a lot in every decision especially big ones um but you know even in the day-to-day um just that like I guess for the people that are listening that, uh, you know, obviously there's, t- there's a time to suffer through something difficult and there's times when God um, provides another opportunity. How do you feel like you could maybe discern the difference? Like, what does that look like for you guys? Cause I mean, you could have, you could have left at any point and moved, you yeah. know, to Houston and just stayed with a friend, you know, like there, it wasn't that there wasn't, anything you could have done. You know what I mean? Like you, you felt like you were doing the right thing and being obedient in that. So kind of maybe walk us through a little bit of what that, what the difference was. Right. So it's honestly, it was kind of a daily struggle of like, like, are we stupid? Like, why do we do this? Are we like, yeah. And then, um, same thing with moving back. It was like, is this a something to stop us from doing what we're, we're called here to do? Mm-hmm. Or is this the Lord moving us on from this time? And, and I mean, I guess it was really, I didn't, I didn't get to put papers down on the ground that time. <laughs> yeah. Um, it really was just more prayer and just a like sense of, this is a good thing. Like a like, piece from God. Yes. About it. I know like earlier in that week, I don't remember where in the Bible I was reading, but um, it was talking about like, if they don't receive you well. Or Matthew. Oh yeah. Matthew. Okay. Matthew. Yeah. And I don't know. It may be like out of context, but I just was like, when I read that in the Bible, like they don't receive you well moved to the next city or something. Like shake the dust off your feet. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I, before his boss had even said anything, I was just like, man, do you think like, we're just not like we God called us here and we know that for sure. But once we came here, it's like just complete silence. And not from the Lord, but just from like 
the people on this. Like nobody mm-hmm. would receive us well. It's how it felt. And so I was like, do you think that that's like pertains to us here in Lubbock? And should we just seek different opportunities? And we were kind of seeking different opportunities. Um, like in, I actually got a coaching job in Austin. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so that was random but so we were seeking opportunities and when Houston came back we really honestly didn't want to come back like we kind of viewed that as going backwards and um it was a really hard process of like are we just weaseling out too early and are we not like finishing what God started here but it really was just like a piece that we came, we we're obedient, and then God made a way for us to be out of that situation. And so I don't know that we have like a recipe of <laughs> this is how you know the difference. Right. But it really was like the peace of God and questioning like, okay, what is our motive in this? Are we um, just looking for the easy way? Are we looking to um, just go back to what's comfortable you know, just asking all those questions and really it wasn't going back to what was comfortable and it wasn't what was easiest, Mm. Uh, but it's just what the Lord (laughs) allowed us to go to. And so being back here has been totally different than what it was when we left. Um, And so I know for sure that's not like we didn't come back to what was easiest. Talk about hitting the reality phase of marriage fast. Their story is a tough one with so much uncertainty. Life is full of uncertainty, but thankfully we have a God who is always at work. Thanks for listening. Please do me a giant favor and head over to wherever you're listening and hit the subscribe button so that you never miss an episode. And while you're there, take a few seconds, write me an honest rating and review. Reviews are so important to helping people find the podcast so that it can be a blessing to them. Also, check out my husband, Phil Baker's podcast, Reclaiming the Faith, which you can find on Apple Podcasts or reclaimingthefaith.podbean.com. He has some really great interviews lately that you do not want to miss. You can find me at faithfulpodcast.podbean.com, on Apple Podcasts at Faithful Podcast or on Instagram at Faithful Podcast. Thanks so much for listening and remember to stay faithful, friends.